0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first episode of the Cold Brew Castle Sports Podcast. My name is Castle345, and I am a streamer and an avid sports fan and a big-time Lions fan. Uh, I am joined today by uh, Joe Flaherty, a sports editor for USA Today affiliates and owner of Cup of Joe Media. Hey, everybody. And I'm also with Lammy, who is an avid sports fan and longtime Lions sufferer.
1: Sure am. Sure am. Hello, everybody.
0: So uh, we're going to do a few things today, but we're going to go ahead and start off with a uh, four round mock draft of uh, the 2021 season. And uh, if you're interested in after the first four rounds, we're going to continue to do the next four rounds next week. So tune in for that. Um. So for first three picks, we all pretty much feel like there's no mystery to them. Uh, you know, it's it's CMC is the clear cut. Number one, Dalvin Cook is the clear cut. Number two, and Alvin Kamara, for the most part, is the clear cut. Number three. We'll talk more about that later. Um, so basically, we're going to go through this draft <laughs> one pick at a time with minimal explanation early on, and then we're going to go into more explanation as we go. Um, the. We're going to go in increments of, three, of one pick each, so it'll go Joe and then Lammy and then me, and we'll do that all the way through the first four rounds, so without further ado, let's get into it.
2: Well, I think at this point, we are all in consideration here that it's either going to be Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. I think there are some people that will say Nick Chubb's going to have a great season this year. However,
0: oh, yeah? Saquon people? Barkley
2: <laughs> off the pup list starting week one. It may take him a while to get rolling from that ACL injury. Quan Barkley at number four, please.
0: Wow. Interesting. Did not expect that. All right. Lammy. <laughs>
1: okay. So with pick five, I'm actually going to go reach down. I, I Derek Henry is honestly, like, he's amazing, but we'll get into later on to why I think he might regress a little bit this season. Um, I'm actually going to drop down and take Ezekiel Elliott at pick five.
0: Wow. So for those of you, obviously, we're using Sleeper right now. For most of our projections and segments today, we'll be using Sleeper's ranking system based on ADP and all that stuff. Um, so keep an eye out for, you know, understand that it's Sleeper rankings and not necessarily, you know, the other. ES-
1: ESPN or RotoWire or whatever, some of these other. All of
0: the eight th- 83 million other ones. <laughs>
1: underdog Fantasy Football. Yeah. Also, so, keep in mind that this is a 12-team PPR league. Yes.
0: 12 team PPR. So this is really unexpected. I I was fully under the impression that I was going to take Nick Chubb at this pick if he was available. My next up was Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm more than happy to take Derrick Henry at pick six because I think he's going to have a better season than uh, both Elliott and Barkley. Now I will say if Barkley is healthy. And truly healthy, and he bounces back with a passion. I'm gonna be wrong about that. But Derrick Henry is just like as safe as you can get in fantasy. So, like, he may not have as high of a ceiling as like Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. But man, his floor is higher than anybody else in the first round. So, I'm happy to take him at six.
2: Well, once you get here, I mean, it's no question for me. You're gonna take Nick Chubb here. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Chubb here, seventh pick. He's a seventh overall player in sleeper rankings. Mm-hmm. The only question about Nick Chubb is this year, And he finished as a top 10 running back with Kareem Hunt being so good out of the flex spot. Could Kareem Hunt push for running back two numbers this year? If he does, then Nick Chubb probably gets overdrafted here at number seven. However, based on what we saw last year before and after he got injured, I think Nick Chubb is a safe pick here at seven.
1: All right. I think right here is where you first start to consider taking a wide receiver over one of these other running backs. Uh, somebody like Devontae Adams or Terry Kill, uh, especially Devontae Adams now with Aaron Rodgers confirmed coming back for the 2021 season. I'm not a huge fan of Jonathan Taylor currently with what's going on with this quarterback. I just think Taylor's probably going to drop to the second round. I think my pick here is Devontae
0: Adams. So I like the Devontae Adams pick. However, I think were I in your position, I would have gone with the best player at his position. And I know that like some people might make an argument for a couple other players but I think Travis Kelsey in this stage of the draft as much as it like kind of pains me to take a tight end I'm I'm not excited about Jonathan Taylor because of the Carson Wentz injury because of the Quentin Nelson injury and we just found out that Sam Ellinger is taking first team reps at quarterback today so it might be a rookie at at the helm I know Joe's excited about that potential because he likes Sam Ellinger I'm not excited about that for jonathan taylor i think his stock is way down i think i wouldn't even be surprised if he fell to the last pick or two in the first or even the second round um so i'm gonna lock in travis kelsey here because when you think about what kelsey brings to the table um for the tight end position you're just locking in that you're gonna have one of the number two tight ends in the entire league um and I think that's a strong pick at pick nine. And there's like four or five guys that I'm okay with falling to me in the second round.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's there's a draft where people know what they're doing that Kelsey makes it out of the first round. I don't think so.
2: Yes, and uh, a starting quarterback for Indianapolis Colts being a bona fide tight end is not a good thing. So we <laughs> can go ahead and keep dropping Jonathan Taylor because the next pick off the board for me is going to be, and this may be a shock to some, but Austin Eckler is going to be my pick here. And the reason why is because he was on pace for more than 100 receptions last year, and he could reach that number again this year, and he's still going to rush for like 750 to 800 yards this year. As a PPR running back with a high touchdown floor ceiling, I think he could easily find himself in the top 10, probably over running backs like Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones. I think if you're looking at... Taking the value now, you're taking Austin Eckler over those guys just based on what you think Justin Herbert can do. Well, as much as I would like to draft uh, Tyreek Hill here, what Coach Andy Reid has been talking about, him having knee problems, we could see a mixture of unhealthy and healthy Tyreek Hill this year. And if he is unhealthy for some games, that means he's going to probably get less receptions and targets on the field because they're going to be saving him as much as possible towards their run toward at the later end of the season. Unlike that, Austin Eckler is fully healthy. He's back. He had some great games last year. He is the pick. Right.
1: I, I, I think this is pretty simple. You know, you still have, a, I think, a top-end running back on the board. Um, you know, he might not be top five, top six, but he's going to give you consistent numbers. He has a great rapport with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I'm just going to go Aaron Jones here.
0: All right, so so now at this pick, this is a, a place where you get back to back picks, and uh, I think so. First of all, I think this is where you finally take Jonathan Taylor. Um, there, as much as there are concerns about him, you know, as far as the type of volume he probably will take, you, like there are con- some concerns with how much Naheem Hines might take away from him in the passing game, but like when it comes down to it, uh, so at this pick, I think I think. You go Jonathan Taylor, you take the risk on him. You could go several different ways here. Um, You could go wide receiver. You could drop down if you really want to take running back and take Najee Harris or Joe Mixon. But I'm going to go ahead and lock in what I believe will be the top wide receiver in fantasy. That's important to note in fantasy. And I'm going to take DK Metcalf here. Uh, that's not me saying DK's the second-best receiver in the league, but I do think he's going to be the best uh, fantasy uh, wide receiver this
2: year. Or no. I think that's yes. an interesting pick for me, um, especially considering two other wide receivers are the only top guys on their team at their position. If it was me at the 12, I probably would have gone with the wide receiver, wide receiver pick. But here at the 2-2, with Aaron Jones on the board, I think we can all agree that the next wide receiver that should be off the board is Tyreek Hill. And him falling to the 2-2, I consider that a steal in any draft. So,
1: so With the first pick uh, being Austin Eckler for this team, uh, I think here's a good spot to take one of these other top-end wide receivers and show up You know, your RB1 and your wide receiver one. Um, from the two here that you're really picking from, it's either Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and so I would take him over Stephon Diggs, although it's going to be a close year for the two, I believe.
0: Yeah. One thing I will say in favor of Stephon Diggs is he is unquestionably the best wide receiver on that team. And while Hopkins is also the best wide receiver on his team, there's also some studs alongside him. Um, whereas, Stephon Diggs, but next best wide receiver is Cole Beasley, and not. And don't get me wrong, Cole Beasley is a fantastic slot receiver, but there's not really a true number two in Buffalo. There's, I think Emmanuel Sanders just got signed there, so he's a solid option. But we'll see. We'll see if, uh, you know, the if the volume's there for Hopkins this year. With like, they have like five wide receivers that I feel like are going to get involved. So now we're at the Kelsey pick, and I feel like you could you could go zero running back, but I I don't think so because there's somebody that's really attractive to me. Uh, in the current format Um, and I'm going to go ahead and lock in the rookie Najee Harris for this team because the volume that he's probably going to get is pretty insane and with him and Mixon you have kind of the same issue where both of their offensive lines are not great and they didn't do a whole lot in the offseason to do to get better I mean the Bengals drafted Jackson Carmen and the, the two other linemen in the fourth and the sixth but at the end of the day, their line is heavily reliant on a rookie to make the entire line better, um, as well as a new offensive Lions coach. So I think that I'm going to go with the potential for Najee Harris.
2: Well, now that Najee Harris gotten taken, I didn't expect Stephon Diggs to also be here. So even though we took Devontae Adams in the first round, I think this is a perfect opportunity for this team here to go ahead and take the no running back strategy. So go ahead and take Stephon Diggs here.
1: There's a couple of different options here. Um, I think personally that it's too early to go for quarterbacks. In your in your average league, around, right around now is when Patrick Mahomes is going to be taken. In most leagues, uh, people tend to be very high on quarterbacks. I usually try to wait pretty late. So I'm not taking Patrick Mahomes here. Um, you can make an argument for for Joe Mixon. He's going to be a solid RB two this year. But I, I, I'm going to go back to wanting to show up my wide receiver one when we have some of these top end choices on the board. And I'm going to take AJ Brown here.
0: I, I like Derrick Henry, but he's not really going to be your PPR back. And the fact that Joe Mixon is still on the board, I'm I'm very happy to take him at this point. However, I think I'm going to do a little bit of a reach because there's another guy that I like so much this year um, and moving forward. Like this guy is huge, I wonder who that is it's it's Antonio Gibson that's who it is <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know i I know, so Antonio Gibson is a guy that I have traded a lot of capital for in my dynasty league that I just joined with this guy uh or I guess it's this guy he, he, um, it's, yeah. I mean, they're both in guys. it. but
1: He's also your keeper in my league. So
0: Yeah, so I'm, I've got I've got a lot of stock into Antonio you, you, Gibson. You are
1: all in on Antonio I'm Gibson. I'm all in on Antonio
0: Gibson. So this is like about five or six picks earlier than he would normally go, but I do like Gibson's situation much more than I like Mixon's situation.
2: Well, at this point, I'm still not taking Patrick Mahomes. So, you <laughs> know, uh, I do like Elliott, although I do not like this running back pairing. I think Gibson, is on Ace to probably get a lot of receptions this year from Joe Burrow out of that backfield. I think he started to have a great season last year before he got injured, and he's been pretty good recently in the past couple years. I think Joe Mixon is a solid pick at this point, and some would say probably undervalued pick at this point because he fell so far. So I think Joe Mixon is a clear choice here.
1: All right, so when we're getting to these these top end, like these are the top four running backs, you know, I'm not... I like Justin Jefferson. I like Calvin Ridley. At at this point, though, with these teams, especially having Barkley, who we don't know how he's going to come back, I think I kind of want to shore up the running back position a little bit more. Uh, So my choices here, realistically, are J.K. Dobbins or C.E.H. I think C.E.H. is the choice here. I think he is do it going to be a lot better late second round especially in this 12 teamer versus like the first round like first seven picks or something he went last year i think he was pick seven in our league specifically um so yeah i'm gonna lock in ceh here i think he's gonna have a much better year than last year
0: all right so at this point this team has camara so they've got their ppr uh workhorse i think there's a couple of different routes you can go i'm not particularly interested in taking patrick mahomes You look at Patrick Mahomes, and obviously he's great, but I'm pretty sure he was the number four. Uh, I'm going to double-check, but I'm pretty sure he was the number four quarterback last year. Um... Yeah, he was number four. So, like, to take a first-round pick on a quarterback that may not be number one. Like, it's nice that he's top five, but there's top five guys going much later. So, I'm going to avoid that personally. So, I'm going to go ahead and lock in DeAndre Swift. I love the pairing of Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift because both of them can just be the entire offense for their team based on the situations we have coming up. With Kamara potentially, you know, with Kamara potentially getting all of the offensive touches and DeAndre Swift being the main source outside of TJ Hawkinson of offensive prowess for the Lions. I think that's a great pairing, and if you get the opportunity to go Kamara Swift, I think it's a great idea.
1: All right, so here we already have Dalvin Cook at this point. I'm going to continue with what I've been doing for most of these picks, and I think Justin Jefferson knocked it out of the park as a rookie. I think he's only going to improve this year, and uh, so that's what I'm going to go with here is
2: Justin Jefferson.
0: So the arm injury doesn't scare you at all?
2: you could go anchor back strategy at this point with what's on the board i personally would probably go anchor back strategy at this point anchor back strategy basically means you're taking one guy early at running back and you're hoping that he sets the pace as a top 10 running back for you you don't have to worry about getting an rb2 to help boost him up throughout the season so at this point i'm probably going to take calvin ridley i think calvin ridley without the Julio Jones factor in Atlanta. Sure, there's Kyle Pitts, and Russell Gage may take some of that target share that would be available with Julio Jones leaving out of the way. However, with a receiver like Calvin Ridley, who already finished as the number seven, number eight PPR wide receiver last year, it's a perfect opportunity to take him here. And then we're going to take Patrick Mahomes at the three one. At this point, if you're going anchor back strategy, I think it's fair to take Patrick Mahomes here he's not going to make it past the third round probably in most leagues that's just how it's going to be even though i personally won't take him here i think in this format
1: okay so here we have a very solid rb1 a very solid wide receiver one um and i think here it's getting to the point where it'd be kind of insane to not pick one of these top three tight ends right like there it's it tight end is a position that's very top heavy and once you get outside these top three, there's a hu- huge drop-off between three and four. And then from four and five past that, there's a, even uh, there's another big drop-off. So I think here, I'm going to go down. I'm actually going to take Waller over Kittle. I think Waller's going to have a better year.
0: This is the exact situation why I went running back, running back here, is because one of those top three tight ends was my hope. And I w- did not believe that both of these picks would end up taking a tight end. Although... Joe could have. Um, it, it, it could have been a thing where he went Ridley and then a tight end, because that's kind of the similar situation as going wide receiver quarterback. You're you're doing the anchor back strat. Um, but I, I didn't think it was likely, especially because Mahomes can be really enticing for a lot of people. I think Kittle's going to be better than Waller, but I totally understand the Waller pick from Lammy.
1: Nobody's arguing that kiddo isn't a stud. But at the end of the year, you're going to be eating your words when Waller (laughs) has uh, has more points than him.
0: Put it on the board!
2: (laughs) At this point, now that the top two tight ends are off the board, I think you're either sending it for a late round flyer at tight end, or you're hoping one of the top ten tight ends falls to you in the round seven or eight range. So at this point, if you're picking here, you already got... I believe that Saquon Barkley and Clyde Edwards are layer on this pick. I believe that those two running backs will be good enough for you to win fantasy with that team right now. So if you're looking at wide receivers at this point, you're looking at Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen. At this point, I believe Terry McLaurin is probably going to have more volume as a receiver. However, Keenan Allen's going to have a decent amount of volume, and he's a deep threat wide receiver. He's very good with possession rates. I think that he also has a better quarterback. Ian and Allen is to pick here. All
1: right, so this, this is another point. We have we have two, like the previous team, we have two good art running backs already. You know, Ezekiel Elliott is a great RB one, followed by Joe Mixon. Good pass-catching back. Not that Elliott isn't, but um, I'm actually going to disagree with Joe here on his previous pick. Uh, I actually am taking McLaurin here, and I'm happy to take McLaurin over Allen if that was the choice.
0: So, he really likes Terry McLaurin. I understand that. However, I think there's a wide receiver that's better than both of these guys. And that's going to be my pick at this uh, spot. I also want to say real quick, because I don't think I said anything when he took him. I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. And I'll get more. I'll get into that more later. But I really, really like him where he's going right now. Um, so, I'm going to take Allen Robinson here. And I think that Allen Robinson is going to end up uh, not necessarily, like, guaranteed but I think Allen Robinson is going to have the best quarterback play he's ever had, whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Um, Both of them are better than any quarterback that he's ever had. And I think he's like, he was, I think wide receiver eight last year. And I think he's just going to get better.
2: Well, right now I would say that that was a fantastic pickup. I think the team that is picking right here probably would have hoped that Allen Robinson would fall here. And especially with that, possible, probably going to finish with the most touchdowns for any wide receiver in the league this year. Allen Robinson was a great pickup. I'm not a big fan of Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, as running backs here. However, I would say that you could go J.K. Dobbins here, and I think this pick should be J.K. Dobbins. He's the best player on the board right now.
1: So I think right here, you know, we already had Devontae Adams. We have Stephon Diggs. I think we're going to continue with the no running back strategy. Um, and take Julio Jones and really just solidify us at the wide receiver position.
0: I'm not a huge fan of the running backs going right now, so I'm not super, like, into... There, there are a couple that I like, but I feel pretty comfortable that I might get them on the wheel. So I'm going to do something, like, that's not something I normally do, but I do think that this guy is worth the pick. Uh, so I'm going to lock in Josh Allen. I think if you're in this position and you've already taken the best tight end in the league, uh, a good... RB one, you 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 have the luxury of taking the best quarterback in the league this year. Yes,
2: we have the dog came up for this very 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 Cute very puffer. hot take, hot pick here. Now, <laughs> uh, if I was uh, the team that currently has Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Julio Jones, I would probably be hoping that Josh Allen would have made it around the turn. I think that would have been a great setup for that team. Mm-hmm. However, now that Josh Allen's off the board. I think the best running back that's left available for this team to pick here, and I do think they should go running back, and I think that would be David Montgomery.
1: I'm not a huge fan of Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. Uh, I think Evans is going to have an okay year, but I think I want to take a second running back here for this team, and I'm going to go down to Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson's being kind of undervalued. considering what he did last season and what Russell Wilson brings to the table.
0: Yeah. I like Chris Carson a lot too. He, he, my, my, my running backs at that point were Montgomery Carson, and then the other two. Yeah. But I think with this team, the fact that you're going Jonathan Taylor, you're already risking it a bit at the running back position. So you might as well go full risk um, to, in the hope to a solidify your picks, but also be capitalize on the value that's in front of you. Like Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders are still starting running backs in the NFL today. And that's worth taking picks in the third and fourth round over So I'm going to lock in both Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders as these two picks for this team.
1: All right. So now we have our top two running backs. We have our our, our wide receiver one. You you could go Kyler Murray here. I'm always going to wait on quarterbacks no matter you know what the like unless Kyler Murray drops to like the sixth. I'm never picking up Kyler Murray or, like, a Patrick Mahomes. I'm much more comfortable waiting until, like, the seventh and getting, like, a Russell Wilson. Or, in like, in the eighth or ninth, you can get Aaron Rodgers this year. Like, there, there are plenty of quarterbacks where you, you, you can afford to wait on a quarterback. Um, that being said, I'm not a fan, a huge fan of Mike Evans here. I think I'm actually going to take Kyle Pitts. I think of all the rookies, aside from maybe Jamar Chase, uh, I think he has the highest potential for, like, fantasy impact in his rookie year this year i think he has the most potential to be like this year's justin jefferson although because of justin jefferson last year he's going at a much higher pick than he probably would have normally yeah
0: yeah and i'm assuming you mean rookie pass catchers yes Um, yes 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 yes
2: At this point, I'm going to say that you could probably take Mike Evans here with this pick. You have Austin Eckler, you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have David Montgomery. It's time to get your second wide receiver.
0: I think for this team, you're not really worried about wide receiver right at this exact moment because, like, yes, you don't have a number one, but wide receiver is one of the more replaceable positions in fantasy. So I think you just lock down your your running back one and two, and I think you take Travis Etienne. Um, I think he's going to be that running back one within the first seven weeks of the season, so you, it might be a bit of an investment pick.
1: This is a, this is a point where you might be able to get away with taking, you know, one of the top end quarterbacks, and then next round, getting one of your um, running backs. Uh, but I don't really like where the, the running backs that are in the next section. I think I'm going to take a reach here with the injury to Cam Akers. I think Darrell Henderson has a chance of being a, a solid high end RB2. Um, and with the no running back strat, you're not really going to get like a, a solid RB1. Um, and so with the injury and the volume that I think Henderson's going to get, I think he's a solid pick here in this no running back
2: strat. A.J. Brown is a good wide receiver, mid round, mid wide receiver one. However, his floor could be a high-end wide receiver, too. So you kind of have to shoot for high floor. And Chris Godwin, before this past year, he finished as the number two wide receiver in PPR fantasy. He had a great year. If he would have played all the games, he was projected to finish as a top-ten wide receiver again this year. Chris Godwin is going to have a great year, and he might actually finish better than Mike Evans.
0: We've got a PPR back. We've got the high-touchdown Back, we've got the PPR receiver, um, but I think we just kind of lean into that even more, and we take Cooper Cup here. Um, I know that Joe rates Robert Woods over Cooper Cup, but I think from from a PPR standard, Cooper Cup has potential to just go off this year. You know, he doesn't. He's got Matthew Stafford throwing him to, to him now, and obviously we're all Lions fans, so we really like Matt Stafford. But like the the in the improvement in quarterback in that team is. In, insane um I think this is a,
1: another chance to get one of these the the last of the top end tight ends here so I think I'm actually gonna take Mark Andrews here because uh, after Mark Andrews it, it starts to slightly fall off um other than Hawkinson it, you just start to like really run out of pre- options that produce um, yeah. consistently
0: yeah and pending so we'll talk about this more uh, in our episode on Thursday um in the regular football episode but uh the the number one uh the first round pick rashad bateman just went down with a non-contact leg injury today in practice he went he was up against marcus peters he went on a slant he fell immediately so that could be very bad non Non-con- non-contact injuries are so scary um and that just i think accelerates mark andrews stock even higher obviously you never want to see injuries but when they happen It does do things to projections, and Andrews, I think, ends up with much more volume because that talented receiver potentially is
2: down for a while. I think Mark Andrews is a great pick there. I think it's a little bit early for when I would take a tight end. However, now that we're at this team here and I'm looking at the wide receivers that are on the board right now, I'm not as high on Amari Cooper. However, I had a roll of duct tape here. I would tell you guys to check the tape. I am telling you to check the training camp tape on CD Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is to pick here.
0: Uh, we've got Kamara Swift and Kittle, so I think this team's in a great position. And, like, you could go wide receiver here, but I don't think you really want two of the wide receivers in this area. Uh, it's not a priority. And I think Kyler Murray has all the potential in the world to be the number one quarterback in the league. And this is the stage where I'm, a, I'm comfortable taking Kyler Murray. I've got two running backs, uh, one of the top three tight ends,
1: Okay, uh right here we're getting to the point where it's almost impossible to not draft Lamar Jackson. You know, he's possibly the best running quarterback we've ever seen play the game. Um, you know, arguably better than Michael Vick was. Um, but it's still too early I think for me to comfortably take a quarterback when there's these other good like skill position players, especially on a team that doesn't have a wide receiver 2 or an RB 2. Um that said, I really like uh Robert Woods here.
2: I also agree with Lammy there. The problem for me with Cooper Cup over Robert Woods at this point is that Cooper Cup is very touchdown dependent as a receiver. I think Robert Woods is going to have more volume. And with the addition of Matthew Stafford, he could potentially be right behind Cooper Cup as far as the touchdown potential for this season. Now that you're looking at the turn here with the final pick, we'll talk about round five another time. But now that you're sitting here and we're going to look at the running back list real quick, who's available at this point. And if you're looking at the board, you know, Kareem Hunt is still sitting there. I think he's a great flex play. However, if you're looking at the anchor back strategy, I think you have to go wide receiver here again. And for the wide receivers that are on the board, I'm not a very high on a lot of them. However, DJ Moore is the wide receiver one. He's got an upgrade at quarterback. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey back. At this point, you're setting up a nice stack on your team with Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore. If you wanted to later in the draft, you might possibly pick up San Darnold and complete that trio package for. You. All
0: right, that's our that's our first four rounds. We're gonna do the next four rounds or five rounds. I think we're gonna do. Um, and there's gonna be a little bit less explaining because you know the the bottom like the mid rounds are uh, a- as important as they are. There's not as much to say about the mid round picks as there there is in the top four. But we'll do that next week. Um, now we're going to move on to our next segment for the day. That might
2: be a hot take itself.
0: <laughs> we're going to uh, do our top five players to draft at their ADP in a 12 team PPR. So this is not necessarily the like league winners or anything like that, but this is the top five players that we think you should be looking to get at their current ADP. Um And we'll give you a a little bit of a breakdown of why we feel that way. But we're going to go one at a time. Joe, who's your first guy?
2: I think it's someone that we've talked about a lot personally off the show, off the podcast. It's obviously a guy that a lot of other fantasy experts are talking about. However, even with all the retread information, for the first time viewers and listeners, my first running back that I'm drafting every single time at his ADP is David Montgomery. And now I got some very great stats that will help explain why I think David Montgomery is a perfect player to draft at his ADP. First of all, he's being drafted as the running back 20 in sleeper rankings at around an ADP of 39.7, which puts him around the mid-third, early-fourth round. And to me, that is so early compared to the to the running backs that are currently ahead of him in those rankings. Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, and Josh Jacobs are all in front of David Montgomery. And only, th- only all three of them combined for three 100-yard rushing games last year. Kyle Sanders had one game. Josh Jacobs had two. David Montgomery, in the span of six games at the end of the season, finished with almost four rushing, 100-yard rushing games. Now, if you're talking about the entire season, he didn't do that throughout the 16 games that they played last year it was only that 6 week stretch and i think that's why he's falling a little bit in the adp this year however in that 6 week stretch he did finish with more than 20 points in every single game in the fantasy season at the end of the year and he probably won you your playoff games if you had him on your team
1: um mm-hmm. the first one that i want to talk about these aren't in any particular order i want to say you know these aren't necessarily like oh this is the first guy you want to make sure you get like these are just overall players that we think are going to be valuable at their adp um, I want to talk about Mike Davis. Mike Davis finished last year. I think it was RB. What was it? RB like 12 in PPR uh, with McCaffrey not there, and he didn't play the full season because there were the couple games that McCaffrey was there, but like played injured or actually had the injury in week two, and he still finished as the, the the top 12. And right now he's going as running back 27. Like that, he's being drafted super late for a, a guy who's proven that he can he can run well and finish as a top 15 back and he is also one of the few people I don't know if that does Atlanta even have another running back in
0: contention now I think he's
1: the clear number one on that team
0: first is Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I uh this is the highest person that I'm going to talk about uh as far as ADP goes but he's being drafted at uh around the 26th pick um, and the reason why I think this guy is a very strong pick for where he's going is his floor is very high. You look at last year, he did not score less than 12.77 points all year. Now, aside from that, uh, the offensive line has made drastic improvements this year. Um, so while that is the like most pass-heavy team and he doesn't have the goal line abilities as other backs do... Um, I think we're going to see a huge step forward from CEH. I think he's going to outperform that ADP, and I think it would not be unrealistic to say that he's going to be a top 10 running back this year. So getting him there I think is very, very good.
2: The next guy I'm looking at is Trey Sermon, rookie out of Ohio State, originally played at Oklahoma University before transferring. He didn't have that great of an opening season during his last year at Ohio State, but when it came time for the playoffs, him and Justin Fields were balling out every game in the playoffs they were amazing and i think that's why you saw san francisco 49ers take him, even though they have raheem mostert now when you're looking at trey sermon he's 6'1 250 pounds 215 pounds it's all the measurable numbers that you want to see for a starting running back he's a little bit slower slower so he's more of an ezekiel Elliott than a derrick henry However, reports out of training camp say that Trey Sermon's the 1B to Mostert's 1A. And he's been getting most of the starting reps with the first team while he's been there. And Mostert, last year, only averaged 13 carries and two receptions in eight starts. And he's been very injury-prone while he's been there. San Francisco already is a running back by committee. And Shanahan likes to play the hot hand. We saw that with Mostert in the playoffs a couple years ago. He ran for 338 yards in, like, three games. That's insane. I can't believe that he even did that at his age. However, mm-hmm. Mostert has yet to fu- fully practice in camp either. So, with injuries piling up for the 29-year-old running back, how long are we going to sit and allow AD- the ADP to allow Trey Sermon to fall to the seventh or eighth round? I don't see it happening. I think at the end of the preseason, he might be finished as a running back one on that depth chart. Raheem he and Mostert, since he's and in san francisco in the nfl he's never finished above running back 25 he had that one stint in the playoffs where everyone was so hype about him but he hasn't really solidified himself as the number one option yet
1: all right so i'm going to continue with the, the the running back trend here and i want to talk about ronald jones ronald jones last year finished as the uh 20th running back in ppr um i'll there is a little concern with him because at the end of the season, like during playoffs and stuff, it seemed to be the Fournette show. Um, but I don't, I don't think Fournette is going to be able to keep that up this season, and I really think Ronald Jones, who's being drafted as the 32nd running back overall, I think that's just great value for a guy who ended last year as a as a top 20 back, you know, to get him that late in the draft. Because he, he, he's going, like, rounds 9 or 10. Like, that's super late to, to pick up a guy who has put top Twenty running back
0: potential so my guy is another running back shocker when three football guys are talking about or fantasy football guys are talking about value in adp we target running backs i know that's going to surprise a million people um (laughs) but uh my guy is miles gaskin um i think that he is being criminally underrated right now he's currently being drafted around the around adp 55 So for a guy, obviously, you know, you have concerns because there was injury issues last year. And I get that. That dude, when he was healthy, absolutely crushed it. He's going around the same positions as like Leonard Fournette and um, guys that really just don't have like an it factor. And I think I, I just think at his ADP, he has all the potential in the world. Um, it's He doesn't need to carry your team, but like if he can get you 12 to 18 points in PPR leagues, then I think he's really, really good. His value does take a huge dip in standard.
2: I think Miles Gaskins is a great pick for his ADP. However, I just don't think his ceiling is as high as some of the other running backs he's getting uh, picked around. Uh, the next guy that I want to talk about from my list is none other than Jacksonville wide receiver DJ Chark. And he's being picked right now as the wide receiver 31 overall with an ADP around 70. And that's around the same range as T. Higgins and Chase Claypool. And I don't hear DJ Chark being hyped up enough like those other guys are this year. And I think he could easily finish better than both of those wide receivers as a bona fide wide receiver one with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, he's been in the league for a couple of years. He's 24, but he has elite measurables. He's 6'4", but It's a good size, good weight, and terrific elite speed. He performed well and stretches a decent QB play well in Jacksonville. However, DJ Chark has never really had a bona fide quarterback as his starter. I mean, he's played with Garter, Minshew, and Blake Bortles. I think we can both agree that both of those quarterbacks are not as good as Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> even as a rookie coming into Jacksonville. Yeah, and I mean, if... I think Trevor Lawrence could put up elite QB production in year one. And mm-hmm. last year DJ Chark had thirteen games, fifty three receptions, seven hundred and six yards, five tuts, but if he was playing all sixteen games last year, he was on pace for around seventy plus receptions, a thousand yards, probably around nine touchdowns. Uh,
0: do I'm gonna I'm gonna request that I we go out of order because I want to talk about a Jags player um real quick. Is that cool, Lamy? Yeah, that's fine. So I actually want to talk about a different wide receiver on the team. And that receiver is Marvin Jones, whose current ADP is 161. This dude just got done with a year where he was a top 20 wide receiver. He was 18th ranked of all the wide receivers, and he's not even being drafted in some leagues. 10 team leagues, he's not even on the radar. So the, the fact that you can just get him in the late round, like literally the final round as like a flyer is insane to me. And and Marvin Jones is not a top receiver in this league, but the dude, as far as like playing the game of football is concerned. He is a football player as Dan Campbell loves to call people. Marvin Jones is a football player. It doesn't matter where he's at. That dude's going to make plays. So you put him alongside DJ Chark in that Jaguars offense I, I think that his ceiling is a top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver, and he's being drafted as a bottom twenty wide receiver in fantasy, and it doesn't it boggles my mind.
1: I also want to jump to another guy that's that's in most leagues not even being looked at, not even being drafted. Um, and that's that's Randall Cobb. So Randall Cobb <laughs> doesn't really have a history of being like oh this high-end receiver, but he has posted significant I he was playing with Aaron Rodgers, mind you, uh, which he is again now. Um, he has posted decent numbers, like solid art wide receiver, low end wide right receiver two numbers. And that was when he had Aaron Jones had, or, um, sorry, Aaron Rodgers had <laughs> both Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams on the team. You know, and now Jordy Nelson's gone. There's not really a lot of other tools there for Aaron, Aaron to use. Like he has Aaron Rodgers to run the ball. <laughs> Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. The I There's
0: too many Aarons. There's
1: too many Aarons. I didn't have a third Aaron <laughs> on the team, too.
0: Maybe um, AJ stands for Aaron James.
1: Robert Tanya has been oh. getting a little more into the action, especially last year, but I think that was less to do with Jay? his skill as a player and more to do with just the lack of viable targets for Rodgers to hit because they're not really a, a team that's known for, you know, Right end production, especially in fantasy. And so I think with Randall Cobb coming in, he's going to get a lot of those like secondary looks when Devontae Adams is double covered or uh, there's not anybody else to go to.
2: The next player that I want to briefly talk about is Trey Lance. And I think a lot of you will probably, you know, as we do continue the show, are going to find out that I'm a Trey Lance supporter. I'm a super fan of the kid. You know, coming out of North Dakota State, just one year of full college production at the Division One FCS level. However, he was amazing. He was a highlight reel. You know, every game that he played, he had like 300 passing yards, four touchdowns, and 200 rushing yards. Now, he was performing that at a lower level of college football. But, you know, those things don't really, you know, translate to him being bad in the NFL. He still has the intangibles of being an elite-level quarterback. And the fact that he's going at 133.4 overall in the ADP means that you're getting him as a late-round flyer quarterback. And I know that he's a rookie and that Gucci Garopp is still in San Francisco.
1: <laughs> Gucci But uh, when you're
2: talking about the elite measurables of Trey Lance, <laughs> the dual-threat aspect, and the great camp reports, again, let's check the tape, he's... <laughs> he's got all the tools necessary for him to start week one. And in the history in the past six years, there's only been a couple quarterbacks who were taken in the top five that didn't start week one.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's a really solid guy to target, especially again, a keeper league stud. I I don't understand how this is possible, but Aaron Mo freaking Rogers is being drafted at the 73rd pick. Roughly. This dude was the number two quarterback. In the league last year, I understand that you might see some touchdown regression with him, but the dude's, yes, the dude's 39. No, the dude hasn't lost it. Like, just go look at that 60-yard dime he dropped into the little bucket, and you'll, like, it's just insane to me that he is going 73rd when he is literally the reigning MVP and the second-best quarterback in fantasy last year. You could say there's going to be some touchdown aggression, but I'm not necessarily sure that that's true because I love Aaron Jones, but he had Jamal Williams last year, and Jamal Williams is a very, very good number two. I like A.J. Dillon a lot, but he doesn't offer as much in the passing game as, as Jamal Williams did. So th- the potential for the running game to not be quite as strong without that second piece is there. Um, and I just think Aaron Rodgers in the like seventh or eighth round or sixth round, if you want to reach a little bit, is absolute massive value. Like, he's not going to be great for keepers because, you know, he may retire or whatever. We don't know what's going to happen after this year. But for this year, in the seventh round, sixth round, take Aaron Rodgers.
2: <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers is a solid quarterback play, especially at the ADP he's drafting. The only problem for me with Aaron Rodgers is will there be a regression from how good he was last year? I don't think it's going to happen. However, it could possibly happen, but I think you're totally correct that Aaron Rodgers is being way undervalued. I think there's plenty of quarterbacks that are getting taken before him. At it just baffles my mind that he's not the that guy getting taken off the board early.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, all right, Lammy. Fourth yeah, player. so
1: so 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 sticking with the the quarterback trend that's been going on, a uh, quarterback that I want to look at, the people are really undervaluing, is is Tannehill.
0: Yes. You, you
1: know, oh Tannehill, he finished as, what was it? Is it number 12?
0: Number 8, was it I'm pretty 10? sure.
1: I'm pretty sure he's been okay, number 8 yeah. the
0: last two years.
1: Yeah, so he finished there. I mean, he's a guy that has a bunch of tools now. Like, they just picked up Julio Jones in... You know, Wait, in the off season. Right, right. Did you
0: just call him Julio Jones?
1: Oh my God, <laughs> chill out. Anyway, that's that's staying in there. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, uh, you know he he's being drafted as the 14th QB right now. Like that's so low that you know you're getting him in like the 10th or 11th round, like right around the same time. As like Matthew Stafford, who uh, albeit I think is also being undervalued, but he's you know he's an unknown going into this new this new system. Uh, where you know, Tannehill has proven that he can still throw the ball and get fantasy production, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I just think he's being criminally undervalued at QB fourteen.
0: Yeah, I think I, I'm so glad you brought him up because I didn't want to include two quarterbacks on my list. Um and I also think it's really fitting that we all talked about a quarterback this this round. Like we've all talked about running back, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and I think that's great. Um But I'm so glad you mentioned Tannehill because the amount of disrespect that that man has garnered in fantasy, despite absolutely lighting it up the last two years, is criminal.
2: Well, my final one for my top five people that you should draft at, your at the ADP that they're listed at right now, is none other than probably someone a lot of people aren't talking about right now, and that's Gerald Everett. Now, I know Gerald Everett didn't do so well while he was playing for the L.A. Rams. However, I I contribute a lot of that to being that Tyler Higby was still there. And for an offense that runs two tight ends, you're not going to see that high of uh, production for your tight end two on your team. It, it's not a thing that happens in fantasy football. It's not a thing that happens in real football. Now... Given the fact that he still had a great year last year, he finished with 41 receptions on 62 targets, by the way. He was very efficient when catching the ball last year. And if he gets a higher workload, you can expect that efficiency to still stay around that, that number, that range. And he finished with 417 yards last year. Now, with DK and Tyler Lockett both being the number one and number two options for Russ, if Pete Carroll lets Russ cook this year and be the chef we know he can be, all right, Michelin star,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Russell Wilson, <laughs> if he plays at that level, I think you can expect Gerald Everett to thrive and be probably a high upside, low tight end one. He's low risk. You're taking him as a late round flyer. You know, this is a guy that you know you're you're thinking about. If he doesn't do well, I'm just going to stream tight end this year. Um, if you're going to skip on getting any of the top guys in your fantasy draft, you can spend a late round flyer on Gerald Everett, and you could end up with a low tight end fantasy fantasy tight end one on your team. Mm-hmm. That's terrific value. He's only 27 years old. He's playing with his former passing game coordinator from the Rams, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. I think it's a match made in heaven.
0: My last uh, player to draft at their ADP um, and I, I think this I'm I'm almost beside myself with how uh <laughs> low he's being drafted alongside Marvin Jones as well. But Robbie Anderson, like, just got done with a year where he was nineteenth the nineteenth ranked wide receiver in PPR. So he had a top twenty campaign with I think we can all agree subpar quarterback play. We're in a world now where like Robbie Anderson has all the tools as long as he stays healthy, but he was pretty healthy last year. I think he, I don't think he missed a single game from injury and the dude didn't score less than 13, no less than 11.42 points, which is week one. And then he scored 11.55 in week two. And then he didn't score less than 12 for the rest of the year. So like when you're talking about a high floor, consistent uh, wide receiver with some good upside, Robbie Anderson has all of that and he's being drafted at the 84th pick right now which i think is ridiculous you can get a guy in the eighth round that has a floor of 12 points like sign me up all day long
1: other wide receiver it's it's actually Devonte parker um last year when he had you know it was between fitzmagic and um tua and, you know, it was a, the quarterback play was a little inconsistent. Tua was still coming to his own, learning a new system. But they still ended up, well, their record was, they made the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Parker was doing really well. And Parker in a lot of leagues isn't being drafted or or he's like wide receiver 55. Um, and being able to take somebody like him who's got maybe not the highest floor, but really huge upside if Tua starts to come into his own and show us, you know, why he was taken you know, so early in the draft, um, you know, th- like, people forget that, like, yeah, people talk about, like, tanking for Joe Burr or whatever, but there was tanking for Tua before that, right? So there's still a high chance of Tua really coming to his own and just performing better overall, and I think that only helps Devontae Parker. Being able to get Devontae Parker, like, last pick of the draft or, you know, like, round 14 or something before you pick your defense and kicker. Uh, uh, it's just it's super high value
0: so now we're gonna get to the last segment of the day if you're still here we appreciate you for watching um and we're excited about it um but we're gonna give you our three hottest takes of the 2021 fantasy season preseason whatever very
1: spicy takes here
0: very spicy takes i thought i had spicy takes and then i saw the other ones i'm like (laughs) oh crap so we're going to start with Joe, like we've been doing all uh, show long.
2: If you were going to take my hot takes and rank them on the Scoville level, they would both all be on the Hot Ones show. So yeah. I think that <laughs> if you're uh, talking about you know, the guy that could be the top, in a top five PPR finish, <laughs> I'm going to go back to my, to my guy here, and that's going to be David Montgomery. And the reason why I'm going to include him here is because he finished as a top five running back those last six weeks of last season. He finished with 820 total scrimmage yards in a six-week span. That's that's unheard of. He finished as a top five PPR back in those weeks. And, yeah, sure, you could intri- contribute that to the volume that he received because Tariq Cohen got injured. However, I don't think Trey Cohen's going to be a factor this year. He's being drafted around the 203 ADP. He's no longer a a valuable handcuff. He's no longer a flex option either. He's coming off an ACL tear, and we've seen running backs come off of ACL tears who are like the number two or three guys on the roster. They completely disappear from their role in the team that they had previously. It's going to happen to Marlon Mack over in Indianapolis. It's probably going to happen to Tariq Cohen. Now, his first... Several games of the season, David Montgomery was playing with Mitchell Trubisky, who ended up getting benched, and then they had even worse worse quarterback play. You can only expect that to get better with Justin Fields or Andy Dalton at, quarter, at quarterback this year. And the Bears are going to put it together earlier than they did last year. They kind of put it together late on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line got better in the draft last year and in the past two years. I think that offense is going to be very productive and David Montgomery could see all of that volume again.
1: As spicy as yours was for running back uh, hot take, mine might be even spicier. I'm talking. I'm going to talk about Derrick Henry here. And I think that Derrick Henry is actually going to finish as a mid-end RB2 this year. I think he's going to have massive regression. Um, if you look at there's he there's been seven people before him he's the eighth person to join the the 2000 yards rushing in one season um these are what people with names like you know it's barry sanders adrian peterson you know oj chris johnson like if you look at every single one of these people they the the year after they had their 2000 yard series they averaged their worst yards per carry in their career uh, five out of seven of them missed games due to injury um there was massive regression in terms of yards. You know, Barry Sanders dropped 38%, Eric Dickerson was 71%, um, OJ was seventy-eight percent, you know, and they most of them dropped from like the most of them here were number one their year, and they dropped to like the eleventh, twelfth, some went to the nineteenth, Jamal Lewis went to the fifty-eighth spot. You know, so I think with the amount of workload that he got last year and the amount of toll on his body, also considering he's you know, he's even older now. You know, he's I think he's twenty-eight. So with the amount of workload that they put on his body and they're expecting to do roughly the same this year, I think there's a high chance that not only does he get like just less touchdown but just less yards in general now i mean and don't get me wrong you know you can say that oh he's a different player but i guarantee you go back to the years after the 2000 yard season for like barry sanders barry sanders or oj and you're thinking the same thing no this guy's special this guy's different and yet they've all regressed immensely in their in their year
0: i think robbie anderson finishes as a top 10 wide receiver this year I think the new offense, I think McCaffrey is actually a benefit to him because the teams have to focus a lot on McCaffrey. So this speedster is going to be able to slip out and get a lot more like long touchdowns because they're worried about the short pass to McCaffrey that he turns into a 70-yard gain. So I think I think that's my first hot take, and that's Robbie Anderson finishes as a top 10 wide receiver which I initially had top 15, but that wasn't hot enough. That wasn't spicy enough for me.
1: <laughs> that's, and that's almost not spicy at all. That's like the mild sauce at Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> Going off of that, I'll go ahead and go with my wide receiver choice for a hot take. Um, very similar position as uh, Robbie Anderson here and uh, uh, uh Castle's uh, choice for using Robbie Anderson as a top 10 fantasy PPR wide receiver this year. I'd like to talk about, real quick, what makes a top 10 wide receiver. If we look at last year, the number 10 wide receiver in PPR last year was Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen finished number 10 with 70-plus receptions, 900-plus yards, and 14 touchdowns. Now, obviously, he's very touchdown-heavy, which is why he's falling in ADP this year because people think a lot of that's going to go to Justin Jefferson this year he's yep. going to finish with like seven or eight touchdowns and maybe 700 yards. But as far as that's like the threshold that we're talking about of what is the, the scope of how, how do you get to be a top 10 wide receiver? Yeah, And we already talked about how DJ Chark was on pace for 70 plus 1000 yards and nine touchdowns last year. Um, and you expect that volume to increase exponentially with receptions. So if he, if he finishes with a similar amount of numbers as he did last year, plus breaking the threshold of either 80-plus to 100-plus receptions, 1,000-plus yards, and 9-plus touchdowns, D.J. Chark is going to finish as a top-10 PPR wide receiver this year. And he's being drafted as the 31st overall wide receiver. That is tremendous value, and I think it's the hottest take in the world right now to consider him a top-10 PPR wide receiver –
1: my next hot take uh, is going to be ter- Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to be a top five PPR back or PPR wide receiver. Um, if you look at, you know, all the he, there's, there's kind of an interesting stat for you to listen to. So he has caught, he he managed. I think he was averaging like thirteen or fourteen fantasy points a game, and he's caught a pass from six QBs in his two seasons. And now that he is getting, I think his his volume is only going to increase. And they now have a uh, a much better quarterback in, you know, Fitzmagic. And I think that his ceiling just goes through the roof, having a consistent quarterback who can throw the deep ball and still.
0: So my second hot take. Which one do I want to do first? Let's do let's do the the less spicy one first. So my I mean this is a this is a really hot take though, but I'm gonna say that the rookie from the Jets, Michael Carter, finishes as a top 15 running back this season. I I don't know exactly what his ADP was uh, or is right now, but I know it's way lower than that. I think he's like around nine or eight um, guy right now, but I think he is going to get enough volume in that offense to finish as a top. 15 running back for the 2021 NFL season Uh, all reports from camp are that he's lighting it up he doesn't have much competition I I mean Tevin Coleman's there but that guy can't stay healthy and I don't think he's going to be the he might be the the pass catching back Um, but I I, I don't know I I just I gave up on Tevin Coleman a couple years ago because he just kept getting hurt he's a nice piece to have but I think he's just going to put up running back two numbers if that Uh, and I mean like Running back two numbers in the in a lineup, not necessarily star, or uh, fantasy running back two numbers. I think Michael Carter is going to excel in that offense, and I think it'll be a more one of the more interesting uh, stories throughout the year because he's not a guy that people were high on his athleticism coming out of college. A lot of people didn't love the draft pick, um, but I think he's a guy that's going to play better than his athleticism determines he should be able to play.
2: I'm going to have to uh, prepare myself for some blowback on this one. <laughs> but uh, given what we've seen out of camp so far in the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers facilities, <laughs> Giovanni Bernard has been picking up a lot more first team reps than we anticipated him getting out of camp. I think it is very possible that he could end up as the top running back in Tampa Bay. And he could end up the best fantasy running back for Tampa Bay this year. Last year, he finished with 47 receptions out of 59 targets with three touchdowns. Not including his decent numbers as a running back when he was filling in for Joe Mixon. He rushed for 416 yards, which is decent. But that's not with the full workload, and he still finished as a top 30 PPR back. You're Drafting him basically as your 16th round pick this year. If you're asking me, there is a very large potential for him to take on that James White role for Tom Brady that he had in New England for Tampa Bay. He's a great receiving back. It's just a question of will he see that running back rushing workload with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette there. And I think at the end of the season, you may see Giovanni Bernard quickly emerge as the number one running back in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. If you have uh, if you have a counterpoint to that, go ahead.
0: No, I don't have a counterpoint. I just want to say that I agree with what you're saying and I, I, I think he'll be the best because Tom Brady last year looked at all the tape and saw drop after drop after drop after drop and he went to he went directly to Bruce Aaron's office, he looked him in the eyeballs and he said, If you don't get me a PPR back, I am going to retire. <laughs> Because these guys cannot catch the ball. I like Leonard. I like Ronald. I can't deal with them not catching the ball. So uh, what did Bruce Arians do? He went out and got probably one of the best available uh, PPR backs or uh, catch uh, pass reception backs. So I think that's just going to give Tom Brady a huge weapon that he has missed since he didn't have James White. My final hot take um, for the year, and it's definitely my hottest take, and this will definitely get me blowback. But I don't even care because I believe in this man. I believe that Nick Chubb will finish as a better uh, fantasy back than Alvin Kamara this year. And reasons, Absolutely not. <laughs> reasons why I believe this is because I believe that Chubb, with it, you know, in twelve games last year, the dude rushed for over a thousand yards. But he had a 144-yard game against Jacksonville, 114 against Philadelphia, 126 against Houston, 108 against the Pittsburgh defense, like uh, 124 against Cincinnati, 108 against Washington. Like this dude stayed putting up ridiculous numbers even with Kareem Hunt. I have been a big proponent of a second running back does not take away as much from the RB1 as you think because it gets them more breaks. So when they are on the field, they're fresh and they can make better cuts and get top end speed faster because they get more rest. He's still going to get volume. I still think Chubb gets 20 to 25 touches a game, but that those extra five to 10 touches that he might get without Kareem Hunt there, I don't think are as important because he's going to be fresher for his touches. And Nick Chubb will be the RB three in fantasy this year. Now you go, you guys, you go with your crazy final. Well, if you guys want to say anything about that, go for it. Well, and then, and then Lambie, you can go with your ridiculous probably the, take. The, the, the
1: spiciest
2: <laughs> this, take of, of of all of these. This was if this was the hot one show, that would definitely be the last dab. Because no, that is not as Carolina Reaper as you could get with a hot take. I, I promise
1: you, this one's worse. Oh no! Oh, yeah, it's all so right. much worse. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna talk about Drew Locke.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh we lo- at- we're gonna well, lose all credibility.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Drew Lock, his rookie year, right? He only played five games due to injury. Uh he did he had sixty-four percent completion rating, thousand twenty yards, seven TDs, two interceptions. Um uh, not amazing numbers, but If you put that into 16 games, he was on pace for about 3,200 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He would have finished with 199 points, um, and that would have been QB 26. Then we come into 2020, he has a new coach, new offensive coordinator, brand-new system, but then we have COVID-19. So there's no off-season stuff, no preseason stuff, and he just gets thrown into the game. He only ends up playing 13 games this season. Uh, Finishes a screener, averaging about 15 points a game. Um, but in the last four games, he actually jumps up to 17 points a game. And I think it was like QB 21 or, or something. Uh, but then you look at the team this year. And this year, they've added Cortland Sutton. They've got Judy. They've got Noah Fun. they got Melvin Gordon. I think the the tools are going to be much better for him this year. He's going to have a second year in this new system um, and you know, with a lot more – chance to really prove himself last year was basically still a rookie year he only played five games his first season right so like he's only played a total of, of 18 games i believe so he's this is basically his 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 true year two and with all these extra these extra weapons and stuff that he's got and the, the second year of being able to learn the system i think drew Locke is gonna finish as a top 12 uh, QB this year.
0: Oh, somebody get me some <laughs> wings. I need them. Good lord.
2: All right. Where's so, the blue cheese dip? That's what I want. To
0: know. So here's what I'll say to that. First of all, uh, that makes my take on Nick Chubb look like, uh, like a fricking like jalapeno sauce. Like it doesn't look hot at all. But here's what I'm gonna say. If Drew Locke cannot put it together. With all of the weapons that he has, reports from camp are saying that Jerry Judy is bawling out in camp. Like, hardcore. If Drew Locke cannot put it together, he's done. He'll never start oh, again absolutely. in the NFL. Absolutely. So, maybe out of necessity, he'll find some sort of talent that he hasn't had his entire career and finish top 12. His I don't entire see- career
1: is 18 games. It's barely a season.
0: I'm talking about his entire career in high school, college. This guy never showed the potential to have a top 12 in the NFL type season. But if it happens, you should enter the lottery because that is ridiculous.
2: Yeah. We don't need to talk about any further because that's just.
1: Yeah. That would be the hottest take that you hear
2: from anybody all year. Yeah.
1: It's like 90 degrees in my room.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's fun.
1: It's very Uh, spicy in here.
0: (laughs) it's from all
1: it's from all the the julek takes
0: no i was about to say not as spicy as your takes okay uh so thank you guys for watching i really appreciate it uh i have a feeling this is going to be a bit longer than we intended it to be so if you made it to the end we appreciate you i'd like to thank my guests uh up here we've got well this one is Lammy. so up here we've got Lammy, uh avid sports watcher and lion sufferer and then we've got uh, a sports editor for USA Today affiliates and the owner of Cup of Joe Media, Joe Flaherty. Flaherty, Fla- Flaherty. I, I, I. <laughs> you butchered it. You butchered it. I butchered his name. I just can't get this out of my mouth.
2: You're mind. not the first one.
0: <laughs> so, but I just want to say thank you guys both for joining. Uh, you know, we're gonna come. We're gonna be back on Thursday with regular football news. We're gonna be back next Tuesday for more fantasy stuff. Uh, so, if you liked it, you know, keep an eye out for that. We'll be posting at the same time every day. Or every two day, every other, but the two were bi-weekly. Every Tuesday and Thursday we'll be posting at the same time. So if you want the most up-to-date fantasy news, come see us. Thanks again, you guys, for being here.
1: Yep. Like and subscribe. If you have anything you want to say about our hot takes or anything, go ahead and post down in the comments, you know?
2: Yeah, We'd love to
1: hear from you.
0: Roast us.
2: Live long and prosper and drink the blue (laughs) Kool-Aid.